0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BDW Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home,
2: auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com.
0: Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit MFM.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. How does the offer of free beer sound to you? Well, as a loyal listener of this show, we'd like to reward you for listening to our show. Uh, and we're going to start doing it now with free beer, as my previous sentence implied. Thanks to our friends at beer52.com. That's beer52.com. You have the opportunity to sip eight free exclusive craft beers. And it's not just a sip. You get the whole thing. Because there's no point in opening it if you're just going to have a sip and then throw it away. So it's eight, eight. Free, exclusive craft beers from all around the world. All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash West Ham and cover just 4 95 for the postage. And what's more, stop. Hammer Time listeners get two beers free. So that's a total of 10 free beers. With just the postage. Uh, so, Beer52, uh, who are they, you're asking? Beer52.com forward slash West Ham. They are pioneers traversing the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small-batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. So, no surprise, then, that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer52, 52, Beer52, 52, deliver a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany. Korea. These are names of countries. Germany, Korea, Norway. Not themes in a way, then they're, they're names of countries. Germany, Korea, Norway, South Africa. that's not a California is not a country. California is a state. So Germany, Korea, Norway, South Africa, the state of California, Finland, and many, many more countries and states. But not states of mind or states of well-being. States like um, Arizona. But not Arizona, California, Germany, Korea, Norway, South Africa, California, Finland, and many more. But they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, so their roots are in the UK. Beer 5-2 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The UK craft beers, like, like UK Garage. But not as violent. The beauty of beer five two is that they don't hold you to ransom, there's no lock in and you can leave any time. Your first box will be sent to you next day, as well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy. Your case will include the award winning craft beer magazine Ferment. Which is a play on words, Jim, isn't it, Jim? Your um
1: yeah, lovely, yeah, yeah good. It's Fun. play on words.
0: Yeah. Ferment, which explains the theme and individual ye- beers you'll receive and a cheeky... Oh, Jim's here, by the way. Uh, yeah. You'll receive a cheeky snack is thrown in just to top it all off. You don't like dark beers? Well, choose the light plan. Easy. Go to beer52.com forward slash West Ham to get your first case of eight beers for free. And don't forget, customers get an extra two unmissable beers free. That's beer52.com forward slash West Ham. I thank you. Hello and welcome to stop hammer Time. moy 's out we 've given him enough time says Jim Grant. I disagree I think he deserves more of a uh, run before we uh, uh, give him the chop uh, we 'll talk about that during the show um, uh, d- uh, we 'll talk about the Sheffield United game, which was uh, played um, uh, last week <laughs> and i don 't I don't know why i'm't know why i 'm saying
2: it wasn 't played next week no no,
0: no i don 't know i don 't know why i 'm Specifying when games were played, I think it's just—I think it's just worth accepting that they were played and move on. We don't have to get into uh, to and fro about when the game was played. It seems. Uh Pointless. Something that VAR could sort out would be when the game was played, <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, because could, then I think yeah. that would go to yeah. um, that headquarters that they go to, uh, the name of which I can't remember, and they would decide. And they whether would or be not, able to confirm, yeah, 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 whether the game was played or not. Yeah, Schrödinger's game of football. <laughs> <Schrodinger's> <laughs> yeah, uh, and they would sort that out. So, um, hooray for VAR! I say. Joining us, myself and Jim, who uh, who you have already uh, discerned is here with me. Yeah, good uh, evening. Again, Var will confirm that Jim was here. Uh, <laughs> is author of the greatest blog on the subject of West Ham United that there has ever been in the history of football writing. That blog is, of course, the H List, and its author is here. He is James Cairns.
2: Hello, Phil. Thank you. For Hello, having James.
0: Me. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You're welcome. I've waived my usual fee, in an, uh, yeah, of course, in order to shout down Jim's ridiculous calls from yes, boys to be fired. Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm sick of it. Jim's already. out of control. <laughs> out of control. So uh, we played uh, Sheffield United, uh, our now sworn enemies, uh, yeah. at the weekend. Um, what did you make of it?
1: Well, there was a bit of a kind of uh, online meltdown about it, as there quite often is whenever the team loses these days. But um, uh, obviously, there were there were particular aspects to the game that, that, that incurred the wrath of uh, of fans. Some of them, um, I think, more justifiable than others. Um, for me, the game turned on the, on the injury to
0: Fabianski,
1: um, and the fifteen fact minutes that we, in, and I the think. fact that we don't have uh, we have started this season without. An adequate uh, number two keeper. Um, it could well be in the final analysis, um, because it's going to be tight, I suspect, at the bottom. It could well be in the final analysis that that, that decision to go into the season with Roberto and Martin as number two and three uh, will get us relegated. It, 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 you know, that's, that's possible. Mm. Um, mm. It's that serious. Um, and now we have an injured <laughs> number two <laughs> yes. of the day today. Yes. So um, I felt. I don't know about you, James, but I I felt that actually the first half performance wasn't half bad. um, And that um, we, uh, you know, Sheffield United probably weren't quite um, at the races themselves. It was a pretty dull game of football, but their tactic of kind of really squeezing space in areas of the pitch and pressing in sort of gangs of kind of, kind of four mm. um, was something I felt we, we were prepared for yeah. and we were passing in little tight, tight triangles and often getting out of that press and spreading the ball wide and, and, and Halair and Anderson at various times found a lot of space mm-hmm. and we created a couple of, couple of uh, one very good chance for Anderson A couple of, and, you know, I would say for the last quarter of an hour, 20 minutes that first half we started to control the game We'd frustrated them, we'd shut their crowd up. Um, uh, you know, if it was like a kind of European tie, you'd say, you know, good, we've kept the, mm, kept the crowd yeah. quiet, we've created one or two chances. And I felt it was you know, set up for us to go on and, and at least get, get something out of the game, if not win it. Um, but that injury to Fabianski led to a catastrophic error. We gifted them a goal and that got their tails up and it was very difficult for us to get back into the, into the game after that, really. Um, so, I, you know, and then, you know, the injustice at the end. And I think it was an injustice, whichever mm. way you want to look at it. I mean, you can argue about the, the, the um, you know, whether or not the the decision was interpreted correctly according to the somewhat confusing, contradictory, and complex wording of the handball law now.
0: Well, but let's, uh, let's come on injustice. to Barr, yeah. um, yeah. because we'll probably come over that anyway, in a section. Mine. I mean, it was a sort of, you know, it's a way at Sheffield United, and, and uh, you know, this, is, this does fall into... Uh, an area in which a lot of people say that those are the teams we should be beating. But, I mean, Sheffield United have got their tails up, you know, after their promotion, and uh, I think that real win put them fifth. So, away Mm. at Sheffield United, I mean, you know, we did lose that game, but very unfairly, and we played very well in it, and it's a shame we didn't win
2: it. I think we deserve to win. I I will say I thought that probably, you know, a draw... Yeah, we didn't play well. In the second half, we didn't play well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't think it was a great performance, but I agree with Jim in the sense that (laughs) I did see some green shoots of something. And I think you have to bear in mind, Sheffield United are a very well-coached team who've been together for a very long time, Mm. um, come up through the divisions together, and I thought they sort of looked like they knew what they were doing. They all kind of had an understanding of their role. Yeah, Moyes has been there, 10 days or whatever, Yeah. and very similar to the situation that he arrived in before it's going to take some time, I suspect before um, he's able to get the players doing exactly what he wants them to do. But I did see some sort of evidence of um, structure to the play. Yeah. I think that he set up to match them with the three at the back, which Pellegrini never would have done. I think that sort of displays oh, no, a bit more tactical yeah. flexibility mm. than
1: Moise has given I wondered about for. the fact that he, he had he, he kind of went back to the three, as more or less as it was in his first uh, yes. time at the club, yeah. with Ogbonna is as the it, focal yeah. point, and Cresswell on the left, and obviously Balbuena rather than Rice on the right. Um, and the but the three against Gillingham was um, Balbuena in the middle, and uh, Ogbonna left, and Diop on the right. And I wonder whether I mean I worried looking at the lineup, I worried about our right hand side, and I think. It, it, you know, it was a it was a bit of a problem. Our right hand side, yeah. lack of pace.
2: as uh, a wingback. You
1: know, is, 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 is well, very his attacking instincts are quite quite good in some respects, but he just can't get up and down. Yeah, like no. he. Used yeah, to, Frederick's is um, physical abilities are so much more. Well, on yeah, that his for point. sure. Yeah.
2: Um, I think he plays Cresswell as part of the three because I think you need one of your back three to be able to distribute the ball. Yeah. And I yeah. think, you know, the, the way that you set up with the three nowadays, particularly as they come very deep and pick the ball up off the keeper, invite teams onto them with the view that you play through that press and then you have space to run onto. And we do have very good players on the counter. Yeah. Lanzini is very sort of press resistant because he's very hard to get the ball off, which I suspect is why they played him on Friday. We were saying before we thought part, I, an I hour think that, I play. think
1: they felt they're going to have to do a lot of passing in tight, Mm. Areas yep. Yep. and he's good at that. And he and Anderson, I thought Anderson had a decent, really decent first half. I thought he played well in the first half and and didn't have a bad game overall. But he's now turning into someone that fans, kind of online fans especially, kind of target. Yeah. I
0: think. Well, I mean, uh, I you know, I think he, I think um, he was going nowhere, and now Moyes has arrived and might. Give him a little bit of direction. I mean, you know, obviously it was great that he scored in Moyes' first game. Mm. But I think, you know, if Moyes is going to come in and just, you know, run a rule over these players, it's not going to escape Moyes. The, the, the Anderson is very talented. But, uh,
2: but, but I think one of Moyes' best sort of abilities is identifying players who could be used in a different way than they currently are. Yeah. Think about Arnautovic. I mean, the, the pivotal moment of Arnautovic's West Ham career was more switching him to playing up front, yeah. changed him completely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought the, the decision to put Cresswell as a left-sided yeah, defender last yeah. time worked very well, and he looks to have identified that Anderson as a wide player is a no. bit peripheral. Yeah, yeah. you know? yeah. I think part of the problem, actually, is the way the squad is constructed, the 3-4-3 makes certain of them... Re- like, where would you play Antonio in, yeah. that, so in yeah. that system? I don't yeah. really know. Snodgrass, who I thought changed the game actually when he came on on Friday, I don't quite know where he plays no, in no. that system but yeah, in the end he's, got, he's, he's just our, got to get us out our, of trouble, our, He's
1: he? our versatile squad man, isn't uh, yeah, he? Agreed, he? He'll agreed. come in, he, he shouldn't be starting on a regular basis ideally I don't think but um, he's a very handy man to have on the bench Yep. He sets a tempo. He's competent. Your set piece delivery improves the instant he's on the pitch. Yeah. Those free kicks that he was whipping in from deep were really excellent balls in, yeah. weren't they? The corners are better. better. Yeah. You know, Lanzini kind of floats them into the goalkeeper's arms, like you know, in the same way Noble used to. If you remember, Noble. You know, how corners, depressing yeah. it
0: was when Noble used to take out corners. Terrible corners. <sighs> um, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that I think that the. Uh, You know, Watford have had their, or are having their sort of revival. Southampton are having theirs. One hopes that we will have ours at some point uh, and possibly the fact that if we if we can sort of be a, you know keep a couple of points or a point above the sort of bottom three when our revival comes uh, and well, when we start yeah. to sort of click um it'll help us to pull away because we'll already be a little bit clear of the bottom i it? mean the
2: fixture is difficult isn't yeah it? it will have to come at home yeah. yeah the away fixtures look frightening we play all of pretty much all of the top six away yeah, um, yeah, yeah. between now and the end of the season which actually is sort of depressingly close <laughs> yeah. uh, but we we play all of the teams at the bottom pretty much at home so yeah we're going to need
1: to pick up some points if possible against some of the bigger teams or at least have morale-boosting performances. You know, mm, it, it's, it, we, if we keep getting badly turned over or going three-nil down in twenty minutes, mm, uh, that's going to ha- be soul-sapping mm-hmm. for them. I think. Um, you know, so I think Moyes. It's not just about necessarily. It's a, obviously it has to be about picking up points, but it's not just about that. It's also about in those games where you you think, well, okay we're not expecting to get anything out of Man City away, Liverpool away, whatever. But at least if we can be competitive, give them a little bit, you know, you know, score your goal, just not get completely, you know, wiped off the face of the earth, that will make a difference as well. It's that kind of confidence that you then take into other games. Um, so I think that's important. I
2: think the Moyes um, performance at Man City, when he was manager previously and we lost 2-1, but we were 1-0 yeah. up, yeah. Yeah. defended really well, very stoutly, very organised, was actually the first time I looked at him and thought, yeah, you know, this guy seems to have a plan yeah. and the players seem to have bought into it. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I agree with him, mean, he yeah. played Liverpool twice yeah. in like four games or something at the yeah. end of this month. Yeah. Um, you know, a good performance in one of those two games. Yeah. Not even, I mean, no-one beats
1: Liverpool, right? So no. just keeping it close yeah, anything, yeah, anything would be get, pretty good. Yeah, you know. Um, then, then there's three London derbies in a row, um, away at Spurs and Arsenal. I mean, mm. Well, Arsenal away is not the terrifying prospect no, it once was. Spurs, we should have anything. beaten no. them at no. home. We were, first half, we were much the better side. They're, they're, they're not much has changed with the change of manager, I don't think. Um, Chelsea, we've already beaten yeah um got them at home um they're they're vulnerable i mean it'll they're also you know could turn you over as well so i think those games could easily be quite close competitive games there's the memory of beating spurs at, uh, at, at their stadium place, yeah. mm-hmm. so uh, london derbies are always going to be they, those could easily be tight games yeah. so you mm-hmm. never know you never know we often pick up points in unexpected places uh, and then go and lose the games where you think oh well this is where we we you know we really should win
0: so yeah. against the blades we um we were less good in the second half. Uh, we uh, yeah. After we the conceded goal, the goal, knocked the stuffing out fell of apart us a bit. A bit we yeah. fell apart. But we did. Um, we did score a goal in the closing minutes of the game, and this was a uh, this is a vast story.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were close to scoring two, In fact, cause, because because um, we had one ruled out correctly as it happens for for offside but it was close it was tight mm. you know and and, uh, and he also got in legitimately around the back with a should header have done better, that he yeah. possibly should have done better i mean he did that thing that everyone says head it down but he headed it so down <clears> it yeah. also went over the bar yeah. um and but,
2: lanzini you know when they yeah, fell over he had, he, yeah, he, yeah
1: they made yeah. a similar kind of ricket at the back and yeah lanzini could have but they what happens was they closed down that space behind him so well they yeah. worked so hard you know, they definitely raised their game after they scored, yeah. no, and their crowd yeah. got behind them. So it was, you know, um, yeah. The VAR decision. Well, you know, there's lots of sort of arguing about it. They 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 have changed the handball law so that um, any handball. I think the wording of it is in the scoring or the creating of a goal, mm. whether accidental or not, is now going to lead to the goal being disallowed. And I think there are there are so many problems with that you know where do you begin the first thing you begin is that what you've done there is you've created a handball law in which something that is handball in one part of the pitch is not handball in another part and I think if you fiddle with the laws of a game to that extent you're running into trouble I mean it should be consistent shouldn't it I mean you know a foul should be a foul wherever wherever it is on the pitch. Handball is handball. We all grew up as schoolboys playing, and I, you know, refereed junior leagues and so on, uh, knowing that the handball was was, deliberate. It was a bit deliberate. so it had to be ball to hand. Uh, uh, sorry, not a hand ball to hand, ball. but hand okay. to ball was as as and it, you know, so it had to be an action, a deliberate action on the part of the player uh, to um, and and. Players putting their hands up in front of their face to stop them getting hurt
0: was not seen as no no hand to ball in that way
1: because it's an no, instinctive no.
0: thing that you do i mean i'm still smarting from from the uh crystal Palace declan rice uh, handball that got, that gave them a penalty because it you know it was so close and um mm. he He jumps, and uh, if the ball doesn't hit his hands, it just hits his body anyway. He's just in the way of the ball, the fact that it hits his hand. And, I mean, that's a little bit what I thought about, that um, the Rice, the defender, fails to clear the ball by kicking it against Rice's body, and it just happens to be his hand, and Rice's momentum keeps the ball going. And that's a sort of failure of defence, rather than Rice somehow seems sort of cynically gaining an advantage by handling the ball. I mean, I don't
2: think anybody particularly thinks that when you look at the rule being implemented in that particular situation, that it's given a good outcome. I mean, even I don't think Sheffield United fans would look at that and think that goal should have been disallowed. But... You know, I suspect the rule will change, but it doesn't help us. You know, and, yeah. we, and as Jim but said, the, you know that could be the difference between uh, uh, promotion the, or staying know, up. Yeah, and relegation. I mean,
1: the law has become an ass in that in that, yes. in the sense that it also says, in a contradictory way, that oh, there is such a thing as accidental. You know, ricochets and balls being headed from very close range against players, they can't help, so they won't be penalised. So in the one sense is, it won't be penalised that. Yeah kind of incident where... So if that had happened in any other part of the pitch, in any other circumstances, there wouldn't even have been... A video review of it because it would have been fine um the fact that a goal came at the end of it now how far back do you take the offense in terms of the creation what is that i think that wording was intended to mean nobody should punch the ball into the goal or bounce off their hand into the goal or the assist shouldn't be by someone's you know inadvertently or, or deliberately by someone's arm uh the ball was headed from no yards against uh, Declan Rice's arm, which happened to be where it was, simply because you use your the arms when running. you're running. Um, it then kind of bobbled around a bit. He got control of it, so he didn't use his hand to get control of the ball, um, and then beat two players yeah. and slotted in a pass, which was beautifully finished for, uh, from an onside position by Snowgrass. Yeah, Well... I don't think that, you, arguably, that means that the goal wasn't created by an inadvertent use of the hand. It's a really, that's open to interpretation, isn't it? How far back do you go? Yeah, yeah. And I think absolutely. part
2: of the problem, the, the bigger problem I have with VAR, actually, is the inconsistency of its application. So, the Van Dyke one is the one that lots of West Ham fans are pointing to the day yeah. after. So, yeah. can't recall who it was against. It might have been Wolves. Yeah. But he... Clearly handled the ball, then played a, a long ball, which was the assist to yes. I think Firmino or Mane who scored. Yeah. Yeah. And the the actual official reason that it was given the following day for why it was allowed was it was too far back, yeah. to, yeah. to yeah. be right. considered to impact so, on the goal exactly. But he, dro- you know, brought the ball down with his hand and then played a three ball. Yeah. So that inconsistency is the thing that annoys me more. And actually, I would would have before this season broadly described myself as a as a, um, a supporter of VAR. I felt that bringing in this in as a kind of neutral decision-maker, would actually be very good for teams like West Ham because you wouldn't end up with different applications of the rules between big teams and small teams. (laughs) But actually what we're all sort of fans of any club are now saying is, well, it'll just even itself out at the end of the season. We were saying that before. Yeah, yeah. So there's no difference. We're we're in a better position. an, An
1: officious twat with a whistle or with a flag uh, is still yeah. an officious twat if you give him a computer. And actually, you're giving him more tools with which to be an officious twat. Yeah. And um, you know there are all kinds of problems with it that I think are a real shame, because I'm, I'm with you. I, I just don't think you can hold back the tide. You can't be Canute. You can't h- hold back the tide of technology with this endless analysis of replays. Most fans, probably if you ask them, wanted some form of,
2: yes, yeah, of, of evening
1: yeah. up of the situation. We didn't want... Like the goal we conceded last season against uh, Liverpool at home, where Milner was probably three yeah, yards yeah, offside yeah. when the ball was played. You know, uh, that was the kind of mistake it was supposed to correct—big, obvious, glaring errors. And um, now they've got so they're enjoying the toy boys with toys so much that this kind of, you know, for example, the lines across the pitch that they draw for the offside decisions, yeah. which are questionable in their accuracy in terms of the kind of fine, in terms of how much a frame, you know, what, yes, what, yeah, what yeah, uh, yeah, fraction yeah, of a second yeah. a frame is and the exact point that a ball is playing. If they're going to say someone's big toe or someone's shoulder or whatever is offside, you know, essentially, if you think of about sports where it's settled in and is starting to be used more successfully, take LBW in cricket they realized at some point that actually um, uh, hawkeye's not always absolutely right with with a ball hitting the stumps so they brought in this um, umpire's call cool thing so if 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 um, you know the ball is is, is, is bold and it's just clipping the stumps they call that umpire's call cool. oh, cool. so yep. so you know that could be out or not out depending on what, what the original decision was and it seems to me that if i'm a linesman and I'm working with the offside law, which is, which is kind of level is onside. And I, uh, I, I don't flag for a goal where, the, where maybe an inch of a person's body is offside. I've made the correct decision, to be honest. Yes. I haven't made yeah. a mistake. Yeah. And you shouldn't go interfering with that. If I, if, I, if I get it wrong and the guy's two or three yards offside and I, had, I didn't flag, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. If you're um, talking
0: about microns of thickness, well ridiculous. then level will never ever happen again.
1: Yes, yeah. You know, well no they'll have to
0: change there. the law
2: because yeah, of it. That's they will where have it will to, get to. I mean and I that's basically where it will go. And what I would say, I think I would agree with all of that. And I think that the difference perhaps between football and sports like cricket or baseball, which brought in um review very recently, is um that those are definitive yes or no decisions which are being made. You yeah. know, was uh you know did that ball get edged or whatever you know and when we were before this we were talking about um the decision at Southampton when I felt there was a very clear instance where two West Ham players were failed in the same Mm. move um, Mm -hmm. and that got referred to VAR and they didn't give a penalty so at that point I was like well there is no point in this because if you're going to refer something like that which is very clear and obvious to me um and not give it then that's ludicrous and, yeah. but then when, I, when we spoke about it you say, well actually i sort of sort of could see that why it wasn't given so the problem i think therefore is it's an interpretation of the rules whereas actually those sports which by the way had a
1: lot of problems when they brought uh, yeah, video reviewing cricket when they in the first couple of they've years they were problems. going crazy baseball yeah. was a massive but problem what, what i think well i've got there are uh, two points really the first one is to do with who's in control of the system I think those penalty ones that you're referring to, you know, uh, in a sense, the idea that has the referee made a glaring, glaring error, Um, uh, uh, all of those were messy. And the noble one that was given which went the other yeah. way which I thought that. should not have been yeah. a penalty yeah. Yeah. in each case the VAR looked at it and said the referee's given a penalty for this have I got a reason to turn that around have I got a reason to say and that's very similar to the cricket soft signal on the field mm-hmm. so when somebody has kind of just have they caught it or have they caught it on half volley yeah. difficult to tell what the umpire says to the video referees look, well we think it's probably out but can you check it please or when the rugby uh, referee says to the video referee look I think think it's a try but can you just check that the ball was grounded so I'm in charge as the official so the referee's given a penalty is there enough reason to turn it over has he clearly died or whatever in the case of Noble well no the referee's not given a penalty in the case of the other two. Is it really clear-cut or is it a bit messy? Maybe the answer is, well, no, stick with the on-field decision. I would, I would be happy with that as a kind of principle on which um, But maybe if you could hear turns. the
2: discussions, like you can in cricket. Exactly. Make, rugby, it, make it, yeah, make it clear bit. and
1: make the official. And the other thing, of course, that those other sports have is they allow a coach's challenge. So a very good example of how that might work, where VAR can objectively make a decision, would be the Liverpool goal... Against uh, Tottenham, which came from what a, a mistaken uh, throwing call. It was clearly a Spurs throw. Mm. The ball came last off the Liverpool player. Um, uh, the in that case, just that the Mourinho could have, if you had that rule in, like in American football, the coach could throw down the red flag and say, "We want that looked at because yeah. we don't think." And it's clear. There's no. It's not open to interpretation. It's absolutely yeah. clear. So you'd say no goal back to the. And I think that would be. Correcting errors. That would be actually stopping uh, injustices taking place. Fiddling and faddling around with whether or not a linesman has missed an offside by an inch is not doing that. It's, it's, it's just messing about with it. And the other thing I would say, sorry to, to dominate the conversation a bit, but the other thing I would say is... Um, that goal disallowed a August. When you think of the significance of that, that's, that could potentially be cost cost a football club millions and millions and millions. Yeah. It, it, most of the, the the sports where a video refereeing and umpiring works effectively, um, there are lots and lots of those decisions to be made. There are very, very few of those decisions are individually in themselves game changed completely game changing decisions. They can be very, very important, but in a cricket in a test match there's twenty there's well forty wickets wickets to fall over the the whole thing. in a in a in a in a in a tennis match there are any number of serves and points to be won. Goals are rare. So proportionately if you rule out or allow a goal, you're making a bigger impact. On the course of a game, than you might be even in rugby. You know, more tries are scored than goals are scored. Yeah. Also,
0: football. something you said earlier, Jim, is that um, you know uh, a lot of the sports in which v- uh, a type of VAR is used are stop-start sports. Yes, they are. And football yeah. is not a stop-start no. sport. it's a kind of continuous flowing sport. That yeah. uh, uh, the you know the more it stops due to VAR, the more it actually kind of ruins the game. Yes, the more it ruins the um, spectacle. I think it will mature.
2: I mean, if you remember when they brought in the touchline technologies, remember there was it was a World Cup, I think, was the first time everyone sort of saw it. And there were problems with that. And now it's just a seamlessly integrated part. You know, nobody bats an eyelid, really. No No. one ever says, well, that didn't cross the line or it didn't. But if you remember, there were controversies about that sort of stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. So there's no doubt in my mind that it has a place. I actually think a a development that football should really think about is is changing the way we measure time in the games.
1: Yes. You know,
2: 60 minutes of the ball being in play... And that's how you measure time for a football game. And every time the ball goes out, the the, um, the, clock, time, stops. the clock stops. Yeah, yeah. You, like, um, you know, yeah. that would have a much more significant yeah. impact. You would get 15 minutes more play, because on average at the moment you get about 46, 47 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it would stop time. Oh, I think it would end would be, Tony Pulis' career.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I think that, that, that has been crying out to be a decision. Yeah. We have the technology to do that. And that's one thing that it would make sense as a responsibility to take away from the referee. Yes. Yeah, he could, he's responsible for saying when the, when the clock is on and off, perhaps when an injury happens, so yeah. you know, stop the, stop the clock. Um, but, uh, you know, in most other top sports, the timekeeping is taken out of the hands <laughs> of, the, of the referee. Well, you know, it's, it's something he doesn't need to be worrying about, really. Yeah. The clock should sort it of, should be operated. It can be done by someone who's absolutely. not on the pitch. Yeah. You know, and if, uh, um, you know, and you can also, because the clock is constant on a, on a screen, you know, if if it, if it does run on when it shouldn't run on, you can wind it back. They do that in American football. Yeah, yeah, Start yeah. the clock at this point. Absolutely. You know, and uh, I think that would be yeah, much much better. Then we wouldn't have all this ridiculous, you know, Fergie time that we used to have yeah, and, yeah. and all this kind of arguing about injuries and whether, how long they should yeah, be, yeah, you know. Completely. I think
0: one real problem is that football is run by stupid people, stupid, <laughs> yeah, greedy no, people, yeah, and yeah. Uh, the, that's reflected in how VAR is used. There's nothing wrong with the technology. It takes a video of the event and shows you what happened. However, the interpretation of those events... Um, More or less Because it's a a kind of a a subjective event That we then go We'll look at it empirically on this video But then it's viewed subjectively (laughs) Uh, You know So you might as well make the whole thing subjective And not have it But also The problem is that You know when uh, the Premier League started, in football became very popular. After Gazza's tears, there was a, seemed to be a sort of move um, or an initiative to get referees to you know referee games better, and a lot of that involved um, stopping things like a bit of fisticuffs between two young testosterone filled <laughs> men in their early twenties, and. Uh, unfortunately sort of diving came into the game and was sort of largely went unpunished you know and, and var is kind of doing the same thing at the moment it's like declan rice is completely unconscious you know the ball hitting his arm as he's making his way towards the other team's goal that's punished uh whereas people uh going over in the box much in the manner that Mark Noble went over against Bournemouth. Uh VAR then proves that there was contact and the cheetah is vindicated. Well, the and- cheetah is vindicated by the VAR which some people watching the game remotely go, "Ah, there was contact." We were watching the game going, "We know there was fucking contact you bozos. It's a dive. The guy dived." But but
2: to follow on from that point. The other thing I was thinking about this today actually there are, you remember Lanzini was banned for diving, right? Yes. They they brought in rules it, about re- so retrospective it was retrospective bans. Well I think it has been two, I was someone from Everton, I think right. I can't okay. remember. But when was the last time anyone got banned for that? Yeah, yeah. No. And do we think that diving has been eradicated? Do we think that Harry Kane stays on his feet every time no. he gets in the book? No. no. So there's the, again there's this sort of massive inconsistency
0: yeah, yeah. about
2: how rules are applied. And they don't
0: know what to do about diving and it's sort of because it's a white collar crime that they don't they don't know what to do with it. You know, whereas they think they know what to do with With a couple of players squaring up to you. Oh no, this must be. This sets a bad example to our children. A couple of guys shoving each other around is, in fact, perfectly acceptable because of the yeah. nature of the sport they're playing <laughs> the age they are uh, and the degree of motivation I, that the they we're have. all There's cheering nothing, them on yeah. I, nothing I, wrong I, with that i
1: think that's absolutely right i think football is a game that is fluid it's a game of intense passion it's always traditionally been officiate you know ruled on by a guy you know with the whistle who is in the thick of it and is feeling the you know and it, and we've often in the past sort of said well that was a good refereeing performance because he judged it right in terms of the passion and the way mm-hmm. the game was going he did, you know, we often talk about yes, a referee yes. losing control of the game and the players was kind of respect those referees who kind of who, who are who have a feel an intuitive feel for how the game is and if you're gonna pass responsibility from that person to someone sitting in a like a booth like someone flying a drone you know 20 mm-hmm. miles away who isn't hearing you know doesn't doesn't know you know you're judging you're trying to judge something about I don't know the the aggressive intent of a of a, of a, of a red card tackle well you know if you're not there you're not in that mm. heat of the bloody moment you know yeah uh, I'm not sure you necessarily can it and slow it down it might look worse than it was it might look better than it was you, you know you've got to that it should only be there to stop really glaring bad errors yeah yeah absolutely that you know that that, that would, would would cause an injustice and it's not there to kind of micromanage the game and keep stopping it for things that don't you know didn't need don't need to be yeah, stopped absolutely nobody in football would have been bothered if that goal uh, um well apart from Sheffield is losing two points but in a sense you know there was nothing wrong with that with that goal a little bump against the hand yeah. he he uses some skill to to you know if he'd have kind of not been a, not played well after that bit of Chance, you know, um, we wouldn't have had the chance to score the goal. It wasn't just the handball that created. Yeah, that it wasn't Thierry. It ha- was also Henry's good play by, by Declan Rice, and that's been taken away from I, th- him. I think the
2: three yeah. of us would be sitting here Absolutely. saying that's a ludicrous decision. I mean, I read quite, yeah. yeah, to be fair, I read some yeah. commentary on um, you know online from Sheffield United fans saying that's ridic- you know we, they felt they deserved to win the game. Well, but because you know that sometime outcome.
1: you can be on the receiving end of that, and I think they might have done. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. You know, we, we you, the, the there is a real danger that 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 this if it carries on the way it's going that you are gonna you're gonna kill a lot of the passion that is uh, uh, and the and the sort of instant enjoyment of the moment that is in the game. Uh, you're gonna sacrifice that for. A mistaken notion of what you're trying to kind of kind of might get get every ruling exactly right. That's that's not what it ever should have well, been. Well, it feels about. that
0: the pundits are sort of attacking it quite enthusiastically. So that yeah. feels like yeah, yeah that's a good Feels like there's a yeah. sort of strong kickback yeah. against it, and yeah. I think it's hopefully it will be kind of reassessed. Yeah, um, mm. yeah. Uh, we'll take a little break now, and we'll be back after this message.
1: Hello and welcome to Seeing Red, a true crime podcast brought to you by me, Mark and my co-host Bethan. Each week we take a deep dive into the dark world of true crime. Cases have ranged from the murder of Christina Abbotts, a high-class escort who was killed by a sadistic client, to the Peru 2 a pair of young women convicted of smuggling drugs in South America. Whilst always respectful to the victims of these crimes, we do like to tell each story in our own unique style, with humour and lots of f***ing swearing. Join us every Wednesday for a new episode of Seeing Red, a true crime podcast, wherever you get yours.
0: Welcome back. Uh, Have we said everything there is to be said about VAR? I think we. I think we. We talked <laughs> for about twenty five minutes. For time, being, hour, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I suspect yeah. not. Actually, no, but you know, no,
2: yeah. I think we've probably said everything that's reasonable yeah. to say tonight. Yeah.
0: But it, um, you know, uh, Moist has won two and lost one, and uh, and you know, Sheffield United are sort of flying at the moment. We went up there and we, you know, we we sort of. We deserved a draw, probably, and we played well in spells of that game. And uh, so, um, as we say, there were difficult games coming up. Yeah. Uh, Were you
1: troubled a little bit? After the game, um, I was a little bit... I'm not quite sure what... He came out with some slightly odd things, I thought, after the game in his interview, in which he said, we'd played really, really well. I'm really proud of the players. Couldn't ask anything more of them, all that kind of stuff. And we deserved, if not to win the game, at least getting something out of it. Now, I did think that was... Cloud Cuckoo land, really. So was he doing that, do you think, to protect the players a bit? And, and I, I never put any stock of, in anything you know, that manager
2: said. I mean, no. Pellegrini never said anything of any interest in the entire time he was here. Nothing. In any context at all, he never said anything meaningful. No, no. You know, Ferguson famously never... Um, you know, criticize no. these players. Mm. Um, I suspect Moise is probably looking at it like I need to try and build confidence. I need yeah, to, that's, yeah. you know, build some sort of rapport with these guys, but also get them believing that we're moving in the right direction. So, I, I mean, I, as I say, I don't put much stock in it yeah. anyway, but I, I mean, I agree. I, yeah. I don't, what he said was uh,
1: crazy, uh, yeah.
2: but it, yeah. it, it, it wasn't as crazy
1: or as irritating as Jamie Carragher's <laughs> constant. Uh, a thoroughly irritating uh, co-commentary, in which he seemed to be depicting Sheffield United as this awesome. Uh, it was like we were trying to play Real Madrid, and yeah, you know, he hates West Ham, doesn't he? He hates. He, he West seemed Ham. almost like
2: annoyed on, like he had to give up his Friday night. He had be, he had bigger and better plans oh, than I watching West Ham play, which might well be true him. of all of us. I can't but stand
1: still. him. I think you know. I, 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 Uh, Everybody should be given second charges and so on. But anyone who is the kind of person who winds down his window and spits at a child then that way, Mm. you're not a nice. But you can't. Mm. That's not nice. You're not. That's you know. uh, uh, Yeah, I'm amazed he's still got a job because he's a shit. He seems like a dick. He's an absolutely shit.
0: I think, in terms context. of building confidence, I think Moyes, uh, you know, Moyes inherited a, sort of a dysfunctional team with some untalented footballers in it after Billich. Now he has a team that, again, it's unbalanced, but there are a couple of players in it who are a little bit stripped of confidence. Alair and Anderson would be the two that sort of jump out at I me, and I think that's a sort that of important. Yeah. That's an important difference between this time and last time is that there are. You know, certainly those two players are really capable of sort of putting on a show, you know, playing well, some say really good football.
2: Ale would be he, this sort of turnaround, the, the equivalent of Arnautovic, who, if you remember at the time, was sort of being booed and, mm. you know, he got sent off, hadn't he, um, mm. at yeah. Southampton on yeah, his first yeah, or second yeah, game? Yeah, yeah. Had done nothing to justify his take, yeah. but was being played in a wide left position and was completely yeah. ineffective. And as I say, once he sort of brought him into the centre forward position, gave him no defensive responsibilities at all. Yeah, yeah. And he, he you know he grew in confidence. He has to do something similar with Alaire. I mean Alaire was one of the best forwards, most highly sort of sought after yeah, forwards yeah. in Europe last year. But playing yeah. in a totally different system than I, anything Pellegrini ever. put in. I think him one
1: in. problem with that is I mean we we, we we we've repeatedly talked about the odd transfer policy and the problems that we have in central midfield that have been yeah. going on for some while. Um, but I also think, you know, looking at it objectively now, we've got a problem at the top end of the team as well. Because they've invested a lot of money to bring in, as you say, a top-class top, top class striker. And he must essentially be that, I think. And he looked yes. it. When he came in, even though we lost to Man City badly, he looked a player in, yeah, that, yeah. in that first half against Man City. Yeah. Um, Uh, and the confidence has all drained away but the problem is you can't rotate him out of the side with with, with Antonio injured Ajeti looks like a national league player. He Didn't to me. even get on I the think, bench, did he? I, I think front, he'd yeah. be better off by you know bringing off that, that guy who plays up front for Bromley. You know he'd be better. He'd <laughs> do a better job than uh, than He Just doesn't look like a no. top level player to me. Um, and he's and, and managers seem to be you know looking at him and thinking, no, you're not because you're not going to get even you know you're not going to get a kick. We've got Jordan Hugel on loan. Um, apart from that, we not see we don't seem to have anyone. Um, they're and, an yeah, injury you know, to. You know, they're away you know, from absolute uh, disaster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what is going to happen if that if he gets crocked in the next game? Yeah. Uh, well, it, look, worst case scenario, we don't do anything about that situation, and he gets crocked in the first game in February. We are down. I, I mean, I, you know, we are in real trouble. If well, that,
2: that would happens. be very two thousand and three. You know, Ian Pierce yeah. up front, and mm. that kind yeah, of stuff. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, you're right. I mean, they would. Ha- I suppose they'd have you to pay Ajeti, who, in the entire time he's been here, has never done a single thing. To convince doesn't me that he has any ability, like he, you know, yeah,
1: absolutely. Be, I mean, Lucas he, Perez doesn't even get involved in the game. Mm. Yes, mm. and yeah. and you know, yeah, yeah right. absolutely. He was he well scored know, quite a few key goals and goals. goals. Yeah. But
0: um, and you know, Antonio is not actually a striker. Um, you know, the, 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 the well, well were, he's a permacroc I mean, yeah. he's played nine games, I think, this season. Or something, yeah, yeah. Hasn't it? I mean, but yeah, I think
1: yeah. he was.
2: I mean, I thought at Southampton he was absolutely brilliant. He was amazing. He does have that sort of ability, doesn't he? To to impact games. He's terrific. But I agree. I mean, I think he's body. But he's a kind of
0: wide, you know, he's a sort of wide player. He's not a, he's sort of, you know, I think he's, um, to put your sort of all of your goal scoring eggs in an Antonio shaped basket, it's like he's going to miss a lot of sitters.
2: I mean, I think he is a better centre forward than he is wide player at this point. But I agree, he's too inconsistent a finisher. So when he plays well, he is absolutely fantastic. But... He he's you know in terms one, of finishing he's one not goal
1: physical. one goal this season um uh, and two disallowed for accidental <laughs> yeah, and
0: yeah. although I think one of them was deliberate ball but um you know. So we have a there. the transfer window is uh, well and truly open now, and yeah. we have uh, so far secured the services of Darren Randolph, uh, who's already played for us. So um, the Joe um,
1: Allen rumours don't go away, do they? So no. presumably that is heading toward... I mean, is that going to happen?
0: There was know? that, so, you know, the, the guy that's now gone to Spurs, the Portuguese uh, yeah. uh, get uh, player, player from on player from it, from the platform, you know, that, yeah. that um, you know, a lot of people are furious about that, and we'll, there will doubtless be fury that we have somehow dropped the ball, why didn't we get him? I think his agent was probably just agitating for him, to you know, just uh, fishing around in the Premier League, so set up a kind yeah, of West uh, Ham rumor as a sort of magnet for other teams, other bigger, richer teams to come in for him. You well, know,
2: lots of people lost their shit when Inacio didn't sign. Yeah, and you know, I mean, he's done okay this season, but he's had a couple of lost seasons on the bench at Leicester. You know, yeah. not everyone. You, sometimes the ones you don't get, uh, that's fine. There's
0: a reason you didn't get them. Yeah. yeah,
2: and I mean, I would question anyway whether or not Fernandez was the type of player that we needed. I I, I don't know a lot about him. I've never seen him <laughs> no, play. But He's very, sort of, young. Uh, he's very young. Uh, you know, he's very young. He's not going to come in
0: and turn your team around. I mean, I think, I think for a lot of teams, he's a, the, the, the idea is he's a little bit one for the future. And, well, I think there's a
2: question about whether he even fits with Spurs. Yeah. He's an attacking midfielder. Spurs, like us, need deeper-lying players who can mm. do something on both sides of the ball. So I kind of thought it was a bit of a weird signing for them too, not that I really care. But, yeah. you know, I would argue in our current situation that Joe Allen might be more of more use... Even though I do not think we should be signing Joe Allen, no. he is at least better than both Sanchez and Wilshire Well,
1: he would be better than nothing. Yes, I mean that's you can Which say Which is what that. Sanchez and Wilshere are. I um, yeah, I mean you know he, he's he's experienced. He runs around a lot. You know he's not he's not bad on the ball. But it, it, yeah, obviously in ideal circumstances, it's not the signing we should be contemplating. But if if it's either him or nothing else coming into midfield, I think you would take him. Um, but, I mean, it's, a, it's Hobson's choice in a, in a way. Well, it? I
2: think it reflects the complete lack of infrastructure within the club, right? You know, yeah. they, they rely so heavily upon agents that there's no planning for this kind of stuff. And Pellegrini, you know, whatever you may think of him, I think he was coasting in, in this sort of area. <clears> but, yeah. You know, the, the, his, his son was working there. Hesilos was his mate. Hesilos's son was, I think, the chief scout, you know, in inverted yeah. commas you know, and I don't think they've laid any foundations. Plus also Moyes is a completely different type of manager. So wouldn't want the same players as Pellegrini. So we're just not, you know, another transfer window has arrived where we're not prepared for it. No, That's no. It's pretty evident to me. They don't really know what they want or how they're going to get them. And it's another one where we're going to stumble through to the summer and then hope to reassess. And my one hope is that Moyes does have a bit of vision around yeah, what he wants yeah. the club to look like.
0: Yeah. Um, we, uh, in this window we could probably do with uh, some kind of other striker we could probably do with a sort of a pace player as well and we could ideally do with a sort of battling midfielder but there aren't many there aren't sort of many of those around you know and uh, most teams have got them i mean liverpool you know liverpool sort of rotate that engine room quite a lot with players that you wouldn't necessarily say are sort of like um absolute midfield dynamos. You know, it's quite often sort of Jordan Henderson is in, this, in, in their midfield. They've got a front three, so they're sort of playing a kind of 4-3-3, three, three, aren't they? And uh, um, <clears throat> the guys that play behind, you know, that kater guy that they bought that was sort of, seemed to be like a kind of Cante type, did not play every week. No. You know, he's, he's rotated out of the team, comes in sometimes, comes in other times. You know, they're they're sort of... Henderson one and we don't, we don't, Newcastle we don't and seem Villa to be
1: producing something. them at uh, any uh, of any any level, really, do we? You know the, the the two sort of central midfielders that seem to sort of come through and look like they're going to have careers in football anyway, uh, Coventry and um, Cullen, and they're both pine pots, aren't they? I mean, they're both they're both you know, Mark Noble,
2: yeah, and Joe um, Powell has gone today know, to Burton. who's yeah, another one, who, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the under twenty three team are.
1: They are doing very well. Fantastic, although it's been sort of loan. A lot of it's been loaned out now, hasn't it? Yes, or they've gone. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they'll probably fall away. Now you would think, but yes, you're right. I mean, the academy generally in the last few years, if you take Rice away, they've produced essentially nothing. Mm -hmm. The guy
1: who's running it seems to seems to be doing a reasonable job, though. I've forgotten what his name is now, top of my
2: head. But Mm. um, the new. Well, it was Wesley, but he's gone, isn't he? Yeah. Um, There's a. a, Yeah, I don't know. There's a guy who runs the under twenty three. Yeah, yeah, he's
1: that's Croatian, mission, is he? yeah, yeah, th- Croatian, yeah. He yeah. seems to be doing a decent job, doesn't yeah. he?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I, the, you can't argue with their results. They've been yeah. winning a lot, but it's the jump from under-23 football to first, which is
1: difficult. Yeah, but Holland has, has been touted all along, hasn't he? He was a kind of yes, much-touted yes. steal from Everton, wasn't he? And and whenever you've seen him, I mean, he scores spectacular goals. And well,
2: Dean Garner actually I haven't mentioned him, but he's been yeah, setting the world on fire, hasn't yeah, he, for yeah, West Brom. Yeah, Rome, so. yeah. Yeah. But That's, again, I mean there are wide attacking players of which we've got yeah, plenty. it's not what you want.
1: You know, mm. we we as um, you say, And what's we, happened
0: we, to Yarmolenko just...
1: I mean uh, I thought when he came back this season he looked decent. And Some suddenly, sort of injury.
0: I mean he hasn't suddenly, been on the bench, has he? I he's mean, got his injured. He's injured. Yeah, he's injured, he's injured so. Which is but, sort of the problem but, with but he'd him. come back he was
1: I don't know whether he was carrying that injury, but he'd started pretty well and he'd scored that goal early early on in the season, you know, and ran across to the medical team and everything and Um, was looking good was doing well at Ukraine and then was inexplicably dropped for that Everton game away Um,
2: I don't think he's a Moyes type of player so I wouldn't be there's rumours that he might might be going he might go Besiktas apparently has been offered to so I just don't know where he would play in a Moyes team but um, yeah again I think he's injured so you know at the moment it's probably a bit of a uh, you know non-decision but I reckon he might leave
0: Yeah, there's no no one jumps out particularly. I mean, obviously, the the reason the Joe Allen rumor persists for so long is that there are no other (laughs) rumors. There was that, you know, there was the Portuguese guy who's now gone to Spurs, but that that uh, you know didn't really. I didn't think that that would happen. I think I think it it was a bit of an agent. It was a bit agent machinations, Mm. you know. Um, We could definitely do with bringing some people in, but we are in a position also of sort of trying to get one or two other people to. Play better, you know, so sort Valer of and uh, um, Anderson in particular. So finding a system in which those people work, a, p- a pace player would be very handy because we have, we do have sort of players that can play wide, but they're not quick. You know, Snodgrass and hours are not sort of quick. Um, no. But yeah. we could and we could. The sort pace do is
2: Anderson something. really on the yeah. break and If he plays, If he plays, yeah. He plays. yeah, yeah. But I, I struggled. I'm not sure I see all three of them playing together in a Moise team. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see. No, but, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think the, the biggest improvement they're going to get this window is, is Moyes sorting <laughs> some of them out yeah, yeah. and getting some players. Finding back. a system that works.
0: I mean, yeah. you know, clearly, clearly three at the back was something, f- 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 even the most casual observer of football strategy was was seeing as something Pellegrini could at least try and he didn't um, and yeah. and you know um he got very close to playing four four two, and in fact did play it once or twice and, and there was a marked improvement every time yeah. he played it but then he yeah. went back to one up front on his own again yeah. uh the next game I'm later. hoping
1: he will get a better tune out of Lanzini because I think Lanzini is a feels like a shadow of the player he was a couple of years ago to me. Um, Bad injuries. He's lost, he but he's lost from, that yeah. little little nip of pace over a short distance that he used to have. Now, that yeah. might be something that is just due to coming back from these um, injuries, or it might be something that's now permanently the case, and that, that does make a difference for him. It does. Um, ACL injuries, it's hard see, to come know, back from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think... Um, and that might be just confidence or it might be, you know, something that is physiological. Um, so I hope that. I also think he possibly is, hopefully, is he going to do something to make Diop better? Because I think Diop has gone slightly backwards. Um, and, I, you know, there's been rumours about money coming in for him, hasn't there? Mm. Well, do you I, know, honestly, gonna- if somebody offers 50 million for Diop, I would be tempted to take it because I'm not sure he's going to be the complete centre-half. Well, I'm um, not sure he's going is- to doesn't fancy
2: him, right? He hasn't uh, he didn't right. play him on um, right. on Saturday. But he played Cresswell for the reasons we've said before, he think he needs a passer in there. but he played Balbrainer on the other side, yeah. who then, you know, promptly put <laughs> cement in his boots at half time yeah. and gave that goal away. Yeah. But yeah. you know, I I don't know. I mean it's difficult you know, Diop has the kind of profile you want. He's young. Yes, they bought I was him they spent money on him. Signing. Yeah, but he has that growth, doesn't he? You know, but, that ability but I
1: felt to, he uh, Yeah, I just felt under Pellegrini. He didn't. He didn't improve. But yeah, and I would
2: lay that at Pellegrini's door as much as anyone because Pellegrini seemed to spend no time whatsoever focusing on on uh, the defensive side. I've never seen
1: a footballer so tall be so. Utterly shit in the air. I mean, he really is, as he can't win. Mm. A header to save his life.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think uh, you know. I think uh, <laughs> something James Collins said about uh, uh, Moyes is that the training was great. The training sessions were great. He said that he worked on set pieces. Set, you know, reserved a bit of you know at least a week, if not every day, on working on set pieces Very and stuff like that. Neat, yeah. And I think uh, you know, just disciplined drills to uh, involve your central defenders in either going up for a header if you get a corner or defending a corner if the other team gets a, you know help to sort of shape your overall discipline as a footballer if it's just like you know you arrive have some good games and then basically every game after that you just get a pat on the bum from the coach going go out there son and express yeah. yourself diopside 23 still probably needs some more coaching you know still needs some more advice and help for sure. and yeah, you know yeah. and i think um uh you know, from from the sound of it, you know Moise's uh, sessions are structured, and there's a kind of there's there is a sort of what are we trying to achieve aspect to them rather than a just let's just go out and practice. Yes, until two o'clock and then go home.
2: Well, know? I mean, I, the, the, when Moyes was let go last time, I felt he should have been given more consideration, and the reason behind that was I felt he had demonstrated he had a, the ability to sort of. Conceive and implement a vision, mm. and that's not just the vision of how you play. Although I think that was a big part of it, but also the the club itself. And you know, we don't have a director of football because Sullivan either doesn't want to yield that power to someone else, or he doesn't really understand it. Hasilos was wasn't a director of football in, no. in a meaningful sense. He was Pellegrini's personal agent, effectively, as far as I can tell. So. Actually, one of the things that I, one of the reasons I quite like Moise's appointment is that he is a manager who seems to understand that the club's infrastructure is very important. And Mm, therefore, mm. you know, we saw Everton, albeit it's a decade ago, but he did try and implement that kind of stuff. And he did try and put processes in place for purchasing players and having a sort of future state in mind when he was developing the team and the youth team and all that kind of stuff. So if he can survive, or if we can survive this season, which I do think is a bit of an if, I. I have some hope that he might try and implement some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sort of almost in spite of Sullivan. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, absolutely. You know,
2: because we desperately need that. We we are, um, you know, contrary to how most teams run, we are still pretty old-fashioned in the way we approach Yeah, them.
0: yeah. And I think, I think a manager does, to a degree, have to kind of, uh, you know, move the chairman around a bit, you know, get them to do their willing in, in that sort of, you know, in a kind of... Uh, um that kind of psychological way of making someone think that they've had an idea, you know, it's like, yeah, yes. Um, no, yeah. Yeah,
1: talking of the chairman, we probably should at least mention the fact that there is a, a return to protest. There is a protest
0: uh, yes, planned right. for
1: yeah. the game on, uh, on Saturday, a static process is not, uh, not a March. This uh, time. Yeah. Do you know much about that, James? Or not, the, so no, so
2: it's, it's organized by a group called Hammers United, um, who I think, probably would admit they've been looking, I think, to try and get dialogue with the club and been rebuffed. Same with the Independent Supporters Association yeah. um, because the club have this sort of um, official supporters board, which is essentially a um, a, a, a sham. Um, so Hamish and I don't think I've been trying to to, to get in dialogue with them, failed. The, the The issue I have with it, I wish them every success, actually, because I think we've reached a point where you know, a decade of Sullivan and Gold's ownership has moved us from 17th in the league table to 16th or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, um, and we now have no um, stadium. My problem with it is like, there isn't, to me at least, they haven't clearly articulated what their aim is. Mm. So I think it's fine to protest and say we are unhappy with the state of things. Yeah. But I think you need to have some sort of vision of what you then subsequently want. I believe what they want is for Gold and Sullivan to sell. Yes. Uh, you know, so fine. You know, I'm, I'm not, Disagreeing with that, but as I wrote the, the, recently, the thrust article, of
1: that article yeah. was that we've all got to just be patient and wait for that. that yes, that they're, 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 they're going to do it, but they're not going to do it until they don't get financially
2: correct. Twenty twenty three. I mean, I don't have that as fact, but my opinion no. yeah. as, as having yeah. looked at it and studied yeah. what's going on with the account. Twenty twenty three is when they can sell without giving yeah. funds back to the public purse. Therefore, they're not going to do it before then. No. But it looks to me like they're clearing the books financially in such a way that the asset, or sorry, the the um, the balance sheet will be very healthy for any buyer who comes in, which is all, by the way, to do with the television money. It's nothing particularly to do with any commercial genius on uh, Karen Brady's no. behalf, um, you know. But they are sort of setting the the stage for that. The asset of uh, the stadium has been sold, um, so they've got the ideal scenario now as owners, where they're just paying two million pound a year to sort of rent
0: yeah, uh, rent yeah.
2: something. Anytime fans want to protest about that, they just sort of shrug their shoulders and say, "Well, you need to speak to the mayor." You know, so they're in a yeah. good position to sell. But for us as fans, it's a sort of weird purgatory because they're not going to invest in things like a training ground, which is a thing I keep coming back to. Yeah. That was the canary in the coal mine when they just did that bodge job over at Rush Green and you know stuck a couple of port cabins in, yeah, and yeah. painted it. You know, while Southampton, Leicester, Brighton were spending. Yeah. 60 100 million pounds on their training facilities yeah yeah you know, that that was it and the reason that the, the owners are not going to invest in something like that is because if you commit to it, it, that sort of capital expenditure that the de- de- decreases asset, the value
1: whereas yeah. players are mm. correct mm. yeah
2: so you can, if, if the new owners come in and don't want sebastian el they can sell him yes if they come in and they don't want to spend money on a training grant that they, they they can't do anything about that because they've no. already committed to yeah. it so that's the problem
0: we should uh, probably wrap this up and uh, look uh, forward to, to the Everton game yes. of the weekend. Everton have a new manager. Um, you know, there's a sort of a a little bit of a, uh, waves of discontent about sort of uh, Ancelotti's appointment at Everton somehow showing a lack of kind of ambition on, on our part. And I mean, I have to say... Surely that's what Pellegrini was. Was yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. was that ambition? It's like I I wasn't, you know, I, you know I'm not the biggest fan of of the board, but I I, I don't think that uh, again. I think it is slightly this sort of um, prejudice towards English managers, thinking that they are, they're all sort of a bit doer and workmanlike, So that basically you would you would bracket Moyes with Pulis and Allardyce, and you Sorry, know I don't
2: think he's. Particularly
0: no, accurate. I don't, yeah, think, I don't I think that's accurate. So, so you know, the the notion that Ancelotti would sort of come in and transform a struggling team is uh, pretty errant, I think. And uh, I, I'm I I would not necessarily have been a huge advocate for us getting Ancelotti, for example. Agreed. Um, yeah. I mean,
2: I'm not sure Everton fans necessarily think he's quite the right guy right. for them. You yeah. know, he's It's oh, quite, he's quite a pragmatic sort of manager who you. Not sure you'd get him in in this circumstance where they need to rebuild. Yeah, yeah that's
0: right. You know, a bit I'm, like
2: us, they've spent yeah, the wasted yeah. shed. Loads well, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, well, so the, the game up there was a massive disappointment, wasn't it? Because it came. It was after the international break. Uh, we we were still in a position where a couple of wins would put us in kind of contention yep. for European mm. place. They were in disarray, really, <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah. uh, we absolutely just turned up as if we just had to stroll around yeah. like a training game, you know. Mm. And they played with some intensity for probably the first time ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That or season. That season. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we were badly beaten. I thought. Um, so I think we just have to. We have to. We have to flip that. And we have to play with intensity. we have to play with with aggression and and so i 'm hoping i think you know it's the kind of game where you know snodgrass will get stuck in i 'd like to mm. see fawnhouse evolve because I think he 's got energy and yeah. and gets stuck yeah. in you know it it's, it's a roll your sleeves up yeah grind out an ugly win kind of game, but I think you know the the result. Is absolutely everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm not bothered. You know, I don't care if it bounces in off someone's ass in the 95th minute. We have to win this game. We
0: have players. They they have players. We have to keep quiet. And I hope the Richarlison crowd, and Calvin yeah, Lewin yeah, have to be kept yeah, quiet in that yeah, game, yes. and uh, you know team, Theo yeah. Walcott as well. Yeah. you know they've got dangerous players. They're they're, they're a pretty good outfit. Um, you know, and my one slight yeah. concern with the protest
1: thing is we need a crowd that's up for it as well, as, as well, it needs to be a bit like that Leicester game
2: yes um, well I think in the defence of the guys organising this um, their kind of view is very much this all happens before the game away from the stadium then you get in the mm-hmm. ground and you, and, and you support is in the team yeah. so it might yeah. galvanise fans I mean yeah. I, you know, yeah. I have no real sense of how many no. people are going to go or whatever no. we should also say by the way there's a food bank um, being operated as well oh, I right, think okay. on the one of the, conc- the main concourse in the lead up to uh, to the okay. stadium. Okay. So yeah, if uh, cool. any of the, the listeners to this have sort of spare stuff that could uh, be given over oh, that'd be good. Um, oh that's good. That would be that would be yeah, yeah. appreciated, I'm sure. I wonder where it is. I think it's as you I'm trying to remember they did they did it at the last home game which I can't remember what that was. Um, but Anyway, um, it, was, it was on the right-hand side as you walked up the main sort of um, concourse leading right, to the stadium right, where yeah. the big um, yeah. uh, screen is and everything. Yeah, there. Yeah, so it's sort of yeah. way back from the security, but yeah. just on the right-hand side. Yes, yeah. so we'll if, yeah. some stuff for that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, excellent. Okay. So what do we think? Um, predictions? Um...
1: I, I, you know, I, I don't want to tempt, I don't want to kind of jinx it. Um, but I, I think I th- it's so important. We have to win it. I think we'll be, win it by, uh, it's going to be a 1-0 win. 1-0. James? Uh, I think it will be one all one all I think,
2: but I wouldn't, I, I completely take your point. We do need to win, but there's also some sort of building block stuff that needs to happen as well. I'd probably take a good performance and a one
0: all mm, and mm. move on. 4-1. I'm going to say. i we win it 4 <laughs> 1. There you go. Good. So uh, get down the bookies. 4 1. It's a, a Jetty, entry, yeah. a a jetty yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, and a Randolph goal kick uh, goes straight through. Um, excellent. All right. Uh, well, this has been Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Whelans. With me this week have been Jim Grant Cheerio. and James Cairns. Good night. Come on, you Irons. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at
1: westhampodcast.com.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch-